0: Welcome to I'm not dead yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. Welcome to the I'm not dead yet podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at age 35 in 2014.
1: And I'm Judy Yaris, your other co-host. My husband, Sandy, had Parkinson's disease for 18 years, and I was his care partner.
0: Today's episode, we'll be talking a little bit about grief and mourning and what it's like to mourn the loss of a part of you that is gone, even if the rest of you is still here and kicking.
1: Yeah, this this is a great topic, Travis, because I think we don't think about grief as being a part of life of our lives. Like we think of grief of grieving other people, right? But we don't think about grief uh, within ourselves of how we might grieve the loss of something that was really important to us, and now we can't do it any longer. And that's a big one with Parkinson's, right?
0: Right. Well, or of any aging. I mean, it's part of the human condition. I was, you know, just out playing pickleball with my father, who, you know, gets all the credit in the world for getting out and championing on the pickleball court with me but i've noticed that you know he's not moving as quick as he once did he's not picking up his steps quite as cleanly as he once did and you know there's a lot more sound effects when he reaches for a a stretch ball (laughs) right you know Um.
1: i think that's true you know When you try to do something that you haven't done for a long period of time, or even if you've been doing it for a long period of time, and all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you go, oh, that doesn't work for me now at all. I really can't do this. Like, I should not be doing this. Not even I can't do it. I can try to do it, but I probably should not be doing this. That's when you really start to notice that sense of loss. And it's true. It happens for everyone. I'm obviously aging. We're aging. We're all aging. I'm aging at a different place.
0: Ain't none of us getting younger here, Jim. No, no one's getting younger.
1: We're getting older. But as I start looking at where I am at this point of my life, which is, um, it's funny. I have to throw this in that I was looking at social media this morning, don't ask me why. But I, I look at I love these food Instagram um chefs that I, I follow. But there was something with Brad Pitt and he looked it was one of those reels where he just looked so damn cute. And I thought I just have to see what he's saying. And he was making a comment, I guess he must have said something on social media about as he going into his last leg. And people thought maybe he was dying or he had something wrong. And he said, no, it had nothing to do with that. He was kind of laughing about it. He said, it's just that I've gotten older. And now I'm in that later part of my life. And I was thinking, Brad Pitt is getting older. How is that possible? But I looked at him and I went, yeah, he's a little bit fuller looking, you know, And although whatever he does to his face to keep it so cute and so good, you know, he's doing all the right things. He's definitely aged.
0: Right. The earth has not stood still for him either.
1: Yeah, exactly. And no matter how much Botox you put in and all the things you can do at some point, it kind of catches up to you. And we've all seen that in celebrities. Um, So, there is that point where you just have to go, okay, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm I'm not even middle-aged anymore. And that's where I am. I'm past. I don't get to say I'm middle-aged any longer. Even though that would be awesome if this was what middle age was is like, but when I was middle-aged, I was I was much more active and and able to do a lot more. So, I think This idea of being able to grieve and even to let go, I think those are two words that we have to acknowledge here, is letting go of who you were so that you can be today. Does that make
0: sense? Right. And it's particularly poignant with anyone facing a chronic disease Mm -hmm. because that normal path um, is accelerated. Perfect. you know, you're going to have to give up a whole lot more parts of your personality in a shorter period of time due to the disease than you really want to or are prepared to. And that's something that I was talking to you before the show about was i I was at a virtual support group meeting yesterday and I was witnessing it. You know, the the gents who were on the call with me were, you know, demonstrating that um, lack of executive function in this case, but they were all aware of it, and you could see the feeling of loss on their faces as it happened, and that was reminding me of the... um, The John Donne poem, um, who wrote the line, uh, For whom the bell tolls in Mm -hmm. his devotions upon emergent occasions, Perchance he for whom this bell tolls may be so ill as he does not know it tolls for him, and perchance I may think myself so much better than I am, as they who are about me and see my state, Have caused it to toll for me, and that I know not that.
1: That's fantastic. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah.
0: So it's like, you know, the bell is tolling, and we may not, we may be so far gone as to not know it. But really, is that being better? Is that a better state to be in? than being aware that it's tolling and tolling for you?
1: Well, that's a really good question. So let's kind of look at that. Is it better to be aware of it? Or is there sort of this term of innocence is bliss, (laughs) you know, maybe not paying attention to it or not knowing, not wanting to know? Is that better or not accepting
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always been of the school that it's better to know, and I've said that I would prefer to be cognizant up until, you know, the very end. Um, But that means that I'm cognizant of losing all the way to the end, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is sometimes a bit much for me, you know? Yes, Because I feel like that that knight in Monty Python who loses one limb at a time and he's, you know, hopping on one foot Foot. saying, it's just a flesh wound, it's just a flesh wound. (laughs) You know, meanwhile, he's lost both arms and the other leg and he's hobbling along there one foot at a time you know, and he's like, oh, don't mind me, it's just a flesh wound. Sometimes that's where I feel with my PD. It's like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do anything else. I'm just, you know, hopping along one-footed yelling, it's just a flesh wound. (laughs) But
1: you might feel that way, and
0: that's, I don't think that's a bad
1: thing to feel that way. I mean, I think that having the reality that you have PD is very much in your mind and and with you every moment of every day. You've accepted that. But I don't think it's bad to... I'm trying to think of how to put this. I don't think it's bad to get stuck in your PD. Does that make sense? To look at your PD oh, like I'm, quicksand. I,
0: I'm very stuck very often in my PD <laughs> yes, duties. You so are figurative, that...
1: not just figuratively, but literally. You get stuck. That that's <laughs> yes. true. And some of our listeners may be those people as well that get stuck in their PD. Maybe that was the wrong <laughs> word to use. <laughs> but I think not to get not to get so caught into it that you get this level of paralysis that you can't move through it. Let's put it that way. I think with grief, I I look at grief as something that you move through. I never liked it when people said, oh, it gets better. <laughs> and I go, fuck no, it does not get better. It's not about better. It's about you just deal with it a little differently. And some days... You deal with it in a way that it's just sort of not, doesn't feel like it's on your shoulders. And other days you just have this monkey on your back and you, there's not a damn thing you can do to get rid of it.
0: Yes. I feel like that is very accurate description of at least my grief in this, um in this discussion we're having of, you know grieving the parts of me that are no longer it's like my ability has um diminished in so many regards and we talk a lot about on this show change and you know our ability to pivot and and move and find new ways to do things new ways to accomplish those same goals but You know, there's many times where I I feel like that guy on the basketball court pivoting left, pivoting right, pivoting left and right, and left and right, and still having nowhere to go. Right. You know.
1: You're sort of caught in this spot.
0: Yes. With with
1: no open door.
0: Correct.
1: Yeah. I I mean, it's a tough one, Travis. It is. Because you're young. You know, by my standards, you're young. (laughs) You know?
0: Thanks. I'd like to think of yeah. myself as youthful.
1: You you are youthful. I mean, I think I'm youthful for my age, <laughs> and you know, I I think that's something. It's a characteristic that we bring to the table. You
0: know? Yes, I would so, agree. I know I know, think I know you're people very youthful. I
1: know a lot me. of people that are not youthful. So that are my age or that are even younger than I am. That are not. I would never describe them as youthful. So I think I do have that characteristic that I bring with me. But that isn't to say that I don't feel, there are days I don't feel my age and I don't get super reflective about this. Because it's right. it's what I call we're in the wind down now. I'm in the wind down. <laughs> like when you're, When you've lived most of your life is behind you rather than in front of you. And that's yeah. a hard place to be.
0: It is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm past that halfway point, you know, yep. unless there's some new magical thing they do in the next 20 years. I mean, I am past that halfway point. So I I really look at every day as being really important for me. And um, And actually, yesterday was one of those days. It was a funny day for me yesterday because... I, I was able to see all three of my grandchildren in this, uh, all five of my grandchildren in three different locations in the same day, which is unusual because one of them happens to live up in Oregon, but right. he was on his way with his mom to Hawaii and they had a stopover in LA. So I went from two in the morning To another two in the afternoon, seeing my children as well, which was kind of fun as well. That was just as fun as seeing my grandchildren. And then getting to see this, my last little guy who I hardly ever get to see and to be able to see him and have him be really happy to see me. And But I drove, if you know Los Angeles, I drove across the city to Sherman Oaks, to Highland Park and down to LAX, and then back home. So I probably put, you know, maybe 90 miles on my car yesterday, driving. And I thought, well, if you're going to drive almost 100 miles, it's pretty damn good to be able to drive to see your grandchildren and to have that opportunity, because that doesn't happen for a lot of people. Right. So I came home, even if I felt a little tired, I had a tremendous amount of gratitude. When I got in the door, I was grateful to be home, but then I sat down and I thought this was like a really awesome day for me to be able to interact with them and enjoy them. And I think that's how I have to look at my life every day now as what can I make enjoyable about my day? Because it's not always like that. And, right. and if and I know that you have that, obviously, when you have PD or any chronic condition that you have. You know, we don't we just have to take the day and have this gratitude for being here. And maybe it's not as easy as it was to get up and down off the floor. Or it may not be as easy to get out of bed and get to the toilet. But we're doing it and we're here. So let's honor that about ourselves.
0: Right. And, you know, as you mentioned, um, I think it was before the show, you know, we we get, we deserve the kudos that we um, are out there still playing our pickleball and still right. getting up to go to the toilet and, you know, still trying. And even if we fail, you know, it it is the trying that counts.
1: Yes, I think that's right. It's the trying that counts. And, And we have to make ourselves try, even if we don't want to. And that is not easy to do. Certainly not for someone that has a chronic disease that would like to just say, fuck this, I'm staying in bed and leave me alone. I don't want to do this.
0: Right, right. So yeah. I, I, I and, think. And that is probably the, the biggest struggle that I face on a regular basis is, you know, ponying up that, um, that uh, chutzpah to take on the day. You know, regardless yeah. of how I feel about it, yeah. I, I just do it so often and so long that folks forget that it's a challenge for me to do that.
1: Right. And that's a perfect word that you use, chutzpah. I, I, that, that is exactly right. Because for people that don't know that word, I, I believe that it, at least my interpretation of it, because I don't know the exact meaning, but the interpretation is that it like how do you have the nerve to do that like that takes a lot to be able to to do that kind of thing and that's and you do that every day Travis you know you you're out there playing pickleball like who would think that you're playing pickleball honestly i mean people talk about pickleball i don't really quite know exactly what it is it kind of looks a little bit like a cross between tennis and ping pong to me and i think that's sort of what it is right yes okay so But I mean, the fact that you're willing to get out there and give it a try is worth it to me. It's like I remember when I watched Michael J. Fox talk about playing golf, you know, and I thought that was a pretty inspiring thing for him to do, even though, you know, he didn't really have great control over that club. He was willing to get out there and do it. And and I think this is what we have to look at in our life is how do we have the willingness to get out and do the things that we don't want to do or that don't are not easy for us. They're not comfortable for us.
0: Yes. So,
1: you know, part of that is, is getting this opportunity that if we're still on this planet, we have an obligation. Um, and that obligation is to ourselves or to our family, to try to make every day count for us. And I think you do that pretty awesomely. And, you know, for our listeners that um, are out there that are trying to figure out how to do that for themselves, it it just takes that level of, of push that you have to sometimes do, even when you don't feel like doing it.
0: Yes and and I can talk about you know where I find that inspiration you know we've talked about the quotes that I have yes. about me and the um you know things in our lives that we value you know your relationship with your grandkids is you know, inspired you to drive a hundred miles.
1: Yes, exactly. LA
0: traffic.
1: Yeah, and it was it was ultimate LA traffic rush hour.
0: You <laughs> so, know? Yeah. I mean, those are those are the the easy things, at least in my mind, because they're external from us. Um, but even at that core like deep you know, sometimes dark place with inside us, you know, you've got to be able to dig in. And and like you said, harness the internal chutzpah that each of us have to just dig in and, and declare, like, I'm not dead and I'm not going to act like it. Yes. So, Damn it all. I'm going to get up and make the best of today that I can.
1: Yes, and I think it's good Travis that you are reflective as well when you do that. That you I mean you're acknowledging this about yourself. You you've basically said today, you know, I looked at people that are losing some executive function and I can see that they're aware of it. I know I'm going to lose more than maybe I've already lost. And right. I don't even want to lose any more. I don't want to lose any of it. And here I am. And I have no control over it. Yep. And, and that's the part that I think is so hard to accept. But you've done it. You know, you've accepted it and you're saying, okay, so now here it is. But it doesn't mean I have to lay down and have them take me away and just wait for everything to come on. Because that's not who you are as a person.
0: No, that is definitely not how my mother raised me.
1: Right. She did a great job in in giving you that push to say, I'm going to get through this no matter what. And I always used to say, you know, if you can just put your boots on and walk through the shit, you'll be okay. And, you know, you do get to the other side. It doesn't feel good. You might smell a little funny, right? But you've made it across, and you can take the boots (laughs) off when you get there. So, you know, put on some nice party shoes. I I, I just think that there's just so many obstacles that we all face in life, and some of us face more than others. And I, I just want to say that people think that if you have a lot of money, you have no obstacles. Because money can buy you anything, but I just want to put it out here. Money doesn't buy you health, folks. I can speak on that level for many people I've known over my lifetime. It does not buy you health and it can give you a lot of perks and a lot of fun things to play with, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you will be healthy. And we always say if you have your health, you kind of have everything and I think that well, looking
0: at least that the inverse is true if you don't have your health you don't have anything.
1: That's right. You don't have anything. So, I I think whatever your health is to you, even if it's crappy and you don't like it and you don't think it's very good, you're still here. And right. you can still make something of that and make that count for you. And I really appreciate that in people. I appreciate the human spirit, I think is what I'm trying to say. That I I know a lot of people with Parkinson's. I know people with other diseases. I've lived with someone who had Parkinson's and heart disease and things that would have taken anyone down along the road. And yet he still treated it like, okay, I've got it. So what? Now what? what's the next thing I'm going to do? Maybe I can write another book. Maybe I can get on stage and tell jokes, you know, like crazy things like that. So uh, I like this idea that we're talking about reflection. We're talking about it from a health standpoint, and we're talking about it from an age standpoint, because it's there, folks, whether we like it or not. Um, Every day that we're on this planet. We get a little older and things change. Yep. I mean, I'd like everybody to make easy off tops for any packaging that I buy <laughs> and it doesn't exist. So sometimes I'm there with a butter knife or a screwdriver to get something off of a, of a jar or, an, or open a new container. So, you know, that's something that's like an everyday thing that people take for granted when you're young. But for me... I look at a new package that has some weird twist off thing and I'm going, Oh shit, how am I going to make this work now? Or do I have to walk across the street and ask my neighbor to do it for me? So, you know, I, I think we have all of our challenges that we have in life are, they're part of who we are and what makes us different and special, each unique person. And it's how we approach those challenges that can make the quality of our the quality of our life better.
0: Yes. And that is a wonderful end note, Judy. I think that um, we can thank Spencer Yaris, our editor, and Kennedy Larson, our social media manager, for their help in making this show.
1: Yes. And let's thank our listeners who we really appreciate that you're out there and listening to us. It's just unbelievable when we talk about it amongst ourselves (laughs) that (laughs) we have this core group of fans that listen pretty regularly. And um, we're just glad that you get something from what we're talking about. And we hope that you find some inspiration out of Travis's life, because uh, to me, he's very inspiring. And and
0: And Judy's life,
1: you know, so. We're here. We're an odd couple, but we do it, you know. Right. <laughs> so, okay. Thanks, Travis. Have a good day.
0: You too, Judy. That's a wrap. Bing.